We're live in five, four. Hello and welcome to another episode of So Did You Like It, a film podcast to go with the thousands and thousands of other film podcasts, but we're not going to be critics, we're not going to be throwing numbers at you, we're just going to ask at the end of the conversation, so did you like it? I am Sir Square and I'm joined as always with my co-worker slash co-host. I am a warring country who will fight you and bring war if we don't finish the ritual we've done every Christmas, I'm sorry, every hundred years, and despite the fact that we're getting along, I will fight you and curse your baby. I'm Kaz. As I rush to modernize this really bullshit old tradition, that is right, we are going to finish the Christmas Prince trilogy with a Christmas Prince, the royal baby, written by Nate Adkins, directed by John Schultz. This is the final movie and we have to get this out of the way uh sophia didn't come back yeah i really beefed it on that one yeah and santa wasn't involved either so i really feel like i kind of fucked up last week promised a lot didn't deliver Uh, we got simon we didn't get more simon and he was um a part of the movie i'll say that but (laughs) Even without Sophia and Santa Claus and the magic of hidden underneath the dungeon, we gotta say, this was a buck wild fucking movie for the three films of The Christmas Prince. Yeah, like, this one was the wildest. What the fuck? First off, we need, to, we need to explain this. This has to do with apparently a ritual that's been happening for like 600 years. Like, uh, of course, it was a Christmas ritual between Aldovia and their greatest ally, Panglia. That's right, Panglia comes out of nowhere. On Christmas Eve in 1419, both Prince Claude of Aldovia and Prince and the Panglian Prince June signed the treaty, ending an ongoing feud between them. It has been renewed every 100 years. And you have to, like, switch off who owns it and everything. It is just the weirdest tradition that is being brought up right now. And then, of course, it has to be tied with Christmas because it needs to be snowing and we need to be listening to holiday music. And, you know, if they don't sign this in time, we go to war. We have to claim all the debts that you owe Aldovia as well as your baby is cursed. Yeah. Uh, also, like, so what cultural influence are they taking for the pangolins? It kind of seemed like they were going for some like offshoot of like early mongolian culture mm-hmm. with the way they were uh oh, with the flashback with the that? flashback the way their soldiers were dressed like and uh it seems that's what they were going for about modern panglians it's basically another aldovia that's what panglia is another aldovia <laughs> except it does better because aldovia is in debt to panglia for a billion euros. Yeah, yeah, that seems like Which, a I gotta say, this movie is now, like, egregiously committed to the sin of using a billion dollar value twice in a <laughs> row. Like, this is some Dr. Evil level bullshit right now. Like, first it was, like, Leopold siphoning 2.2 billion from, like, the entire nation. Well, the and Glockenspiel. The <laughs> Glockenspiel. And now we find out that, like, Aldovia is in 
debt for a billion euros to another country? Like, and they did bring it up that, like, they've been making strides in paying off that debt, but still, like... A long way to go, buddy. Yeah, like, well, I don't know, man. We live in the United States. We don't really need to talk about debt, do we? I'm like, we owe trillions. <laughs> See, that's a real country number. Yeah, right fuck you, Aldovia. <laughs> Fucking small bananas country. <laughs> oh, no. Being in debt for a billion dollars for a country must sound nice <laughs> compared to where we're at. It's like a billion dollars. We can just print that real quick. I, I brought it up because they don't really, like, paying, they, they show, like, Panglia being, like, two countries away from, like, Aldovia. I didn't pay attention to what the other countries were around there. But they're separated. They're not terribly far but they definitely take a lot of Western, just vague, general, like, Western um, influences, cultural influences, mm-hmm. where, you know, they have a lot of, like, you know, oh, yes, they're all about honor and decorum, and, they, you know, they, if you think we're, you know, we're uptight and we're militant, you should see them kind of thing. And um, But then, like, you meet the, the king of Panglia, and he's just so into Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like he's just a chill dad i guess who's like there he's like yeah i'm just doing it. and then like even well even this wife who they kept saying is like oh yeah you think we're uptight you should see her she gets out of the car and she's like i don't know uh, when we were watching it I, I think two people like read into like her look being like oh she's instantly judging them i was like she looked like she just looked like a lady who just got out of a limo that's been on an airplane ride. Like she looked fine. Yeah, she ended up being kind of super chill. Yeah, they just throw like the mon- moniker of like, oh yes, they're they're very like honor driven and very about cultural and decorum and everything must be done the right way. And they're just like, hey, yeah, we signed this thing. What's going on? And, and, and also, then we find out like in the future too that like the Queen of Penglia has been like issuing a lot of social reform in her country and like putting in a lot of things to help like mothers and women who are going through a hard time like all this stuff that is like really great for a country and it's just like queen ming just sounds pretty awesome the only thing she's worried about is like she doesn't want people to think she's trying to grab for power over her husband and it just it's just kind of an old sensibility that's holding her back when the people of Panglia honestly love her and like want her to be queen and like do all these cool things for them. And she really wants to go back home to her kids. Yeah, she really cares about her kids. She's got like they got like three kids or something. Three or four right? or something like that, yeah. She didn't want them to peek into their Christmas presents, okay? She wanted to be there when they see how much thought she put into it. I'm sorry, Santa put into them. See, see, here's the thing. Amber's also trying to make those, you know, make some improvements for women in Aldovia and like mm-hmm. maybe maybe make mm-hmm. it not hardly patriarchal. Mm-hmm. And she's also trying to just do a little bit of modern updates here and there, you know. And she has to point out that she's making sure that they're all modern updates and like the first of their kind. Yeah, and she has to mention that like six times in the first 40 minutes. <laughs> hey, do you remember that uh Queen Amber's really done a lot to like modernize Aldovia and really put it in the 21st century. No, I hadn't heard that. Who says that? Yeah, that's what was going on in this movie. I don't know if you noticed that or picked up on it, but um, you know this this lady who saved Aldovia <laughs> twice already. <laughs> this lady that proved you can build a relationship on a foundation of lies. And she's saved the country twice, and spoiler, she's having a baby in this one. She is this close. Wait, she is? You can't see my fingers. <laughs> yeah, it's called the Royal Tenon Baby or something. Oh, um, yeah. And so... 
directed by <laughs> Wes Anderson. What the fuck? Um, I want to see this movie. <laughs> now I want to watch Royal Tenenbaums. Shit. Uh, <laughs> and and at one point she's like she's like going through it. She's like you know like really far along, mm-hmm. and she's still trying to like figure out because well one. They need to sign this treaty before Christmas. Otherwise, potential war can happen, despite the fact that our countries get together on a personal and national level so well uh, that war might happen, and also their baby might be cursed. And she's still there like, I need to help find this thing. Where can we look? And everyone's just like, Jesus Christ, woman, you do so much. Just sit down. This one's... (laughs) This one's on us, all right? She fully believes that her baby is going to be cursed if they do not find this scroll. That's fucking Emily's fault. It is Emily's fault. That's right. But I guess we can't blame her. Emily's a kid. She's, like, able to be kind of, like, still superstitious in these ways. Yeah, but everyone is just like, all right, well, we don't want to worry her. Because she's pregnant and very far along. Yeah, and but sorcery. Kid definitely think to themselves, no, she needs to know the truth. It's... And sorcery, like, come on. We phased that shit out years ago when we phased out the dungeon that totally doesn't exist. She might be the foremost hacker of Aldovia, but that doesn't mean she doesn't believe in witches. I don't know. I I think think the cracks on the facade have shown on our dear Emily. (laughs) I will fight for this girl to fail. What is that boy's intentions? Get him out of here. We're still together, apparently. He has changed, a sweet girl. Yeah, apparently, apparently, he, he they're still, I don't know. Oh, they're full-on dating. Yeah. And speaking and of which, so Simon. And, so is Simon. And BuzzFeed, who we have a name for now, even though I'm sure Melissa. they said her name in the and first movie. And her name was always <laughs> Melissa. <laughs> but guess what? Sahil also has a new business partner. I did not recognize this guy, even though they were so talking with him so casually until like near the end of the movie. When 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 Amber starts talking or starts trying to like break into his stuff and find out if maybe he stole the treaty because he was talking about how gush it is and like, oh, my God, let's get something modern and beautiful looking. Um, So she thought maybe he did it. And when he when Andrew catches her and she's just like, sorry, other BuzzFeed catches her. Uh, and then she's just like, I-, I thought he might have taken it, but like, you know him, you've been around him for a while now. And he's like, yeah, and this and that. And I was like, wait, is that the other BuzzFeed person? <laughs> it wasn't until then. Yeah, and let me put I it in this it perspective. Him. Amber uh, is able to get a prince to fall in love with her, becomes the queen of Aldovia and fully destroys BuzzFeed. Uh, we've got Melissa, who helps with the downfall of BuzzFeed, who then uh, is falling in love with... Uh, Simon Duxbury. Scooped up right at the end by Simon. uh, Who is first Count Simon Duxbury, the king's cousin. And then we've got Andrew now, who also left BuzzFeed and helped with the downfall of BuzzFeed, who is in a, I guess, I don't know if we want to say relationship or business partnership. Anyway, they run a multi-million dollar company now uh, with Sahil. And it's just like, man, these three really traded up. This is what it shows. When you leave internet companies, gonna be fine. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, what, you're, what the real message is we should all be getting from this is if you work for BuzzFeed, leave right now. Things can only get better. <laughs> I now know who's never gonna want to interview us. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, they'll just do what BuzzFeed does, steal our ideas and package them as their own. Ooh, 
Just thrust in the knife, aren't you? <laughs> I'm sorry, was that too real now? <laughs> Are we not calling out plagiarism anymore? Do you want to go on this round or do you want to talk about the Christmas Prince? Ah, fuck them, they're not worth talking about. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> so, the Christmas Prince this time, like, oh, wow. So we have this, like, 600-year ritual that has a really old scroll involved. Very, very old scroll. That seems to be patched together every time a new treaty is added. It is a very, very old tradition. And, you know, Amber really wants to modernize it. She wants to be able to sign with the King of Aldovia. The Queen has never been able to sign on the document. And Aldovia is all for it. They really don't mind. It's more that Panglia also has to agree because they're, you know, they're involved. Also largely uh, patriarchal. Also largely patriarchal. So you, they do kind of try to give you a sense that they're like bad people that want to stay in the past. But then they start talking and you realize these are the coolest people maybe we've met <laughs> in these trilogy of films. <laughs> like King Tai is awesome. And Queen Ming is just like she's pushing forward into the future. Again, she's only afraid that she... She doesn't want to, like, look like she's trying to usurp her husband. Yeah. Like, it's just... ah. Can we just have a trilogy about Pangli at this point? Can we come back next Halloween for the Christmas King? (laughs) I do want to see, like, the Western Asian influence, but, like, all about Christmas. So, yeah, maybe, (laughs) actually. (laughs) (laughs) This could be the best idea we've ever had. All right. So, when we start around the fanfic, it's about (laughs) Panglia. Hold on, pulling up my notepad on my computer. So, yeah, the difference we see in these families is that um, the king and queen of Pangli have already had three kids. And so we show that Richard uh, is inept, as usual, again, once again. Poor Richard, sucks. Um, He uh, can't put a crib together to save his life. And so we get a cool montage which really shows, like, they don't really explicitly say it, but that's where I came to the conclusion. I was like, yeah, he's done it before. Like, this man has had three kids. So, like, yeah, he's able to give him a helping hand, you know. Kind of one of those, like, you know, they're they're coming at it from the perspective of knowledge. They've been king and queen longer. They've already had a family. And they're kind of helping these poor-ass Eldovians who don't, who are like, got their heads up their asses and don't know what they're doing for a first time running the country, first time having a baby, first time multi-billion dollar scandal and possible treaty um, shenanigans. Actually, no, that isn't the first time they had treaty shenanigans because there was some before, which is what leads into the plot of the treaty being stolen. What the fuck happened in this movie? So when you, when I was talking about this, I was like, I'm going to make like themed like Christmas drinks. And then I was like, for shits and giggles, I looked up like drinking game rules and I was like, oh, fuck, I got spoiled because immediately one of the drinking rules was like, anytime someone says the word treaty, I'm like, oh, man, we're going with a diplomatic <laughs> possible crisis. Hell yes. <laughs> but I've been spoiled now. Oh, yeah. Sorry that the Christmas Prince of the Royal Baby was spoiled for you. The pop off would have been much cooler if we found out there was possible <laughs> threats of war. Though really there isn't, but they say there is. <laughs> No, there never was a threat of war. It wasn't like Panglia, this like advanced country now is going to be like, oh, you haven't done this 600-year tradition now? We are invading tomorrow. We have always been prepared. Like, th- there was legitimately no threat. They had to, like, and I think the writers even realized there was no real yeah. threat when you thought about it. Like, 
there wasn't a threat of Penglia going to war. Penglia wasn't going to just make take all of their money would've away been, either. Like, would have been neat there was if a, you felt that there was a pang of that, but it really would have. No, because they didn't want to commit to that. They didn't want tension between Penglia and Aldovia. They just wanted honest friendship. I'm saying it would have been cool if we had that tension, but it really would have ruined the whole budding relationship between like the king and the king and the queen and the queen. But then it turned out like the king and king knew each other, and it was good to see each other again. And like they embraced warmly after the ceremonial... like. Uh, welcome that Amber does technically mess up, but we don't have to talk about that. So to fix it, they just come up with this, and if you don't do it as well, the baby will be cursed. The firstborn baby <laughs> oh, of yeah. the family that, that loses the treaty is cursed. Like, a very specific curse real quick because like so if this treaty had been in panglia like was i don't know i don't get it it was just dumb it was it didn't make sense i didn't need that and then amber just and falls the first for born it. child grows up with a tail amber fully um, believes it too like after yeah. two whole movies of saving aldovia and doing investigative journalism even at the laziest level for a film she fully believes in this curse it's her baby but <laughs> yeah okay yeah okay yeah, i think we had we had to we had to throw in the curse because yeah like like you were saying the whole threat of war thing fell apart real quick like they bring it up right at the beginning and like never again and then said it was like well we need some kind of emotional crux and we, for them to sign it in a hurry let's uh, put a curse on the fucking baby <laughs> it just uh... it was to add stakes in a boring vanilla this none of this is really all that also, important uh plot the... The treaty gets stolen. The day of the ceremony, when it's time for the kings to sign, Amber is let down because she's not going to be allowed to because the queen of Panglia doesn't want to sign. It's just, when they open it, the scroll is stolen. It's gone. No one knows where it is. And why didn't we use Mr. Louis Zabala to find it? The known fixer and cleaner of the palace. You don't think he could have hunted down this uh, scroll real quick? You don't think he would have made a problem disappear or just made someone vanish that needed to? This movie could have been five minutes with Lewis on the job. That's a problem. That's what I thought. But then we do have a, we have like one shot where him, Ms. Avril, and I think a third person that I didn't, can't think of all showed up uh, to the queen or maybe the king. And they were just like, nope, didn't find it. But they know they were in a snowstorm, so they know it never left the premises, and whoever took it has to still be there. So it becomes a whodunit. But, like, yeah, no, they have that one scene where they're just like, nope, didn't find it. And I don't know if they personally, them three checked, or if they had other servants. It doesn't seem to be anyone else the house. And then, of course, they have to give away who the bad guy is because he tells the story of a location only he knows about in the entire castle. Well, that, and as you pointed out, when the moment they reveal it's missing, we do get a good close-up shot. It is the first person they show is, like, fucking Stuart Little or whatever his name was. <laughs> yeah, no, when they open up the chest that has the missing scroll in it, they don't shoot to the king or the penguins or Amber or the queen, any of the main characters. They first direct to Mr. Little, the background character for the first two films, who is very close to Princess Emily, and just fully gives away that, hey, guess who stole the scroll? 
He was so background. I didn't know he was in the first two movies. I only noticed, I was like, oh, okay, look, they introduced a new guy in this one. And then they're playing board games while they're snowed in trying to find the treaty. And he has this weird scene where he goes up to Emily and it's just like, because they're doing some kind of trivia game, but also it has to do with decorating a tree. It's weird. I don't know. Um, and so at one point he grabs one of the little flashcards they have with the questions and he's like, who is the greatest king to ever rule Aldovia? And she's like, it doesn't say that. And he's like, oh, but you know your father's the coolest fucking shit this side of town. And then I was like, oh, okay, like, he did. Yeah, my huh? father was rad as shit. Yeah. He was one rad motherfucker, man. <laughs> coolest king that ever lived, rolled could, it, sparked it 420 for life. Could kickflip with the best of them. <laughs> he grinded like a, a motherfucker should have. <laughs> The king the sounds rad as shit. Yeah, the king I want to party with the king of Aldovia. <laughs> <laughs> Netflix, hire us, please, for the fourth yeah, what movie. Happened to, what happened to Richard? He goes off soul searching while everyone else is just, well, the king's just like fucking killing it at the local Aldovian <laughs> skate park. That he opened, by uh, the way. See, that's what led to his end, though. Yeah, he was nah, he too rad for this world. <laughs> yeah, he bit it on a fully like like full trick choreography session that just did not work out well. It was the big jump X game style. <laughs> Either God or Santa was like, "This bitch can't show me up," and just <laughs> took him out. Well, the king was just trying to prove that his country was rad enough for the X games, but nah, dude, <laughs> Jesus and God and Santa were like. Nah, you're too cool, man. <laughs> Jesus and God and Santa. I said one or the other. I like the idea that the three of them conspiring. <laughs> <laughs> How dare he try to defy us? <laughs> so, so we know that uh, we know that Little or whatever his name was. Um, it was literally Mister Little. Okay, I said Stuart Little earlier. And I feel I mean, like it was close enough. Like yeah. his first name could be Stuart. <laughs> <laughs> little mousy motherfucker. <laughs> So yeah, we get our our hints that it's him, and guess what? It's him. But we we need another side plot where, once again, is Simon the bad guy? Oh my god, I hated this. I did not need this. Simon invites Melissa to stay for the holidays. Yeah. A huge deal. And she's going to hang out with them in Aldovia. Apparently, they've been dating and calling each other every night. My boy, Simon, you got it bad. And boy, howdy, you are keeping you are keeping that relationship going long distance. But when the Pangleans show up, it turns out that the royal aide is a friend from his past by the name of Lynn. And I will I will say this about Simon for this one. He does kind of cross some lines. A little bit. Yeah. Because it's like, it's not like he's openly flirting or anything, but because he isn't honest about the past and like his friendship and current relationship with Lynn and how they're able to have this back and forth, it really does. I I could see why Melissa would feel unappreciated and later on just suspicious and jealous because there were a few times where even I was just like, yeah, even if she was my friend, I don't think I would say that like in front of my significant other where it could really be misconstrued. Yeah, you say it behind her back. 
Um, no, you just like you don't say something like that until everyone's more comfortable with each other. You don't just start going into your flirty repertoire no, I, with your ex-girlfriend think, in front of your current girlfriend. I think the, oh, by the way, he has a ring to propose to her with. Oh, by the way, I don't know if you would even call Lynn like an ex-girlfriend because I think they said they tried it for like two weeks or something like that. And they were just like, yeah, we realize we are not compatible romantically at all. So we just decided to just be friends. And this was like, I think when they were still in school. I know. But like things like this are always like when you're not honest about these things, even if it's small, yeah. it's always going to be blown out of proportion. Oh, oh, because the problem is also like um, Simon is notoriously a dickhead. Even when he's helping the good guys he's still a dickhead and i think the fact that he's just this snobby prick who has never had to take accountability is the big contributing factor to the fact that like i think he has zero awareness that this is a bad fucking look bro that is true <laughs> that is true but here's the thing but also you say is not that i'm letting him off the hook but like he did have to go through the divorce with Sophia, lose all of his money, go back to his family on his hands and knees, and apologize for everything he had done. Then went on to help save Aldovia from Leopold's scheme. And then just because he's like not like it's not that he's not being forthcoming. It's just he didn't want to he didn't want to present something too early without having like an actual spine to it when he was just working with Lynn to pay off in a better way Aldovia's debt that had economic yeah. benefits for both countries. I only meant like the outwardly flirtation or looking flirtation, seeming flirtation that he had with You Lynn. are right. I'm and just the- also saying though that like they, I think this, the problem with this movie as well is the cast were too quick to like immediately assume Simon's at fault. Yeah. Because it was Yeah, just which like, we did already. It's a recycled plot. Like we did it. We did it already. We did it twice. The first movie, he really did do something. The second movie, you accuse him, and he didn't do it. The third movie, you accuse it, and he didn't do it again? <laughs> what? Our boy Simon, he's, he's, he's getting up at the, by the end of it, though. He's moving up in the world. Yes, he is. Our boy Simon is moving up in the world, and I I knew that they would realize that what he could bring to the country of Aldovia. <laughs> I really would start singing the Aldovia national anthem right now, but I don't know if it's a Christmas song or not. It's probably a Christmas song. <laughs> Is it the real version of Jingle Bell Rock? No. Oh, well, that sucks. It's that awful version of like cheap tricks. I want you for the, I want you to want me, but it's, I want you for Christmas. I'm going to like, just rip my okay. ears off right now. You're Fucking hate that song so much. <laughs> it has no soul. Oh, you mean like one of the covers for uh, Last uh, Christmas, even though the original Last Christmas barely had soul to it? Oh, yeah, I can't stand uh, that one. I actually think <laughs> now we're going to start talking about Christmas music. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Christmas music. All right, listen. So the thing is. <laughs> About last Christmas, hate the song, can't stand it. I don't really listen to Taylor Swift, not that big of a fan. Uh, it's not my genre, I'm not into it. Her version of it, I can stand more than the original for some reason. <laughs> I just love uh, I love putting on last Christmas because of the visceral reactions you get for putting on last Christmas. Uh... <laughs> That's it. That's it. We never even listened to the song all the way through. The and like, s- sound of oh my soul my leaving its body. <laughs> Oh my god, when we're at work and like it comes on the radio during the Christmas time and you're like the first one there just to shut it off. Yeah, pretty much. 
Ah, uh, Christmas music is great, man. Just around the corner for all of us. All right. And the Carpenters were fucking sellouts for making a Christmas album. <laughs> Fuck them. They had really good music, but that Christmas album invalidates the whole fucking band. <laughs> oh, my God. I did not expect this conversation, but Scorched I love Scorched Earth, motherfucker. <laughs> that what's-his-name Buble guy? I got no beef. I don't know. It's fine, I guess. Yeah, you know, sometimes care. you have to make your money some way. Big band isn't always as popular. <laughs> What? I'm being honest. <laughs> but the fucking Incas downtown <laughs> doing a pan flute cover of every quiz song. No soul, people. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about if you've been to the Riverwalk. <laughs> what about when the mariachis come around and they're doing Here Comes Santa Claus for you? <laughs> Is there no soul then, guys? <laughs> You know, surprisingly, there is a little. There we go. (laughs) All right. Everyone, you know where the email is. If not, we'll say it at the end. Tell us your favorite (laughs) Christmas. (laughs) Or or write your answers on a postcard. (laughs) P.O. Box, I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just write, so did you like it. Santa will know where to take it. Uh, Oh, wow. Alright, so what are we talking I don't about? Remember. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go on an adventure with this treaty. <laughs> this treaty that I think they had stored away. Aldovia had it last, right? Because they made it sound like every time it's signed, it goes to the office. Yeah, no, Aldovia was the one that was Aldovia... it, so it was going to go back to Panglia after this one. There you go. So they have it. They pull it out, unravel the whole thing, show everyone. Sahil's like, ooh. Everyone else is like, Jesus Christ, man. Read the room. Um, put it away. He just then- wants to put it on an iPad at this point. And, like, I'm all for it. I mean, seriously. That like, way we can just back this treaty up on the cloud yeah, and everything yeah, would have been fine. Someone hacks the cloud and then it's just dick butt on the fucking <laughs> drawn on the fucking treaty. We all know it's Emily. She even signs it in her hacker code language. How dare you, Emily's a sweet bean and would never do that to her country. Oh, yeah, Emily would never do that? Not that specifically. Uh, uh. <laughs> but, so, so yeah, and then, you know, we have the scene where they have the, the fucking treaty sitting there. No locks on it, it's just in a big box. The big Ark of a Covenant box. And then during the night, we see a hooded figure come in and steal it. And I'm like, is this cult shit? Are we doing cults? We're not doing cults. Um, to which no. the treaty is missing. No one can find it. But the place has been snowed in. So it can't have possibly left also, anywhere. <laughs> I, I do want to say the fact that they had Mr. Little in a hood is pretty brave to think that we would all be able to recognize the shadow of Mr. Little. <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh my god, if we see the outline of Mr. if they see the outline of Mr. Little, they're gonna know but it's Mr. Little. It also presents a series of problems like, oh yes, everyone's blaming Simon. We know he's pretty notorious for wearing robes when he's being sneaky. <laughs> we all know Simon was into that cult shit in early college years. This is my sneaking robe. <laughs> um and then where does where does our treaty end up? It ends up in the dungeon. There's a dungeon? What? Guess what? <laughs> and it also ends up near the Leopold suite. Yeah, you know what's oddly missing from this dungeon? What? Leopold. 
Hey, man, remember how you said there was probably a firing squad? Yeah. I think you might be right. Yeah, Leopold Leopold was quietly taken care of in a way Aldovia is known for. There was a message uh, scratched into the wall that said Leopold was here. Which I know people say was here, meaning that, you know, they were here and they don't plan on staying there long. But the past tense is very worrying in this situation. They told told Leopold he was going to a state-of-an-art prison facility... But he never made it through transfer. Oh, we need to ask the fixer what's up, man. <laughs> you do not ask Lewis what's up, all right? You do not go up to that man and ask what's up. You ask, how do you want your coffee, sir? Black, thank you very much. <laughs> we do not need to figure he's, these things he's out. He's a cultured man. He wants tea. Oh, uh, you know, he's probably getting up there in age. He probably does need some tea. Um, Yeah, it ends up in the dungeon. And who do we send to go find it in the, in the dungeon? We send the queen. Of course. Which does, I guess, make sense because she would know the, the dungeon. Naturally, we send the queen to the and dungeon. And then we send Princess Emily. Who's afraid because I think they said some kind of, like, curse. And then, yeah, they had to take the stairs down there. And this poor girl's having to navigate this narrow, circular, like, staircase in crutches. Like... Christ, people, did none of the men want to, you know, offer a hand? Like, if not, search your search it yourself. Help them down? The, you know, getting up there in age, former queen? No, because we need a sweet mother-daughter moment in a dungeon by themselves where they could potentially die. Yeah. They weren't going to die. Someone was going to be looking for them in a second. They just thought that, like, the baby was going to be cursed. Yeah, yeah, it's funny, because, like, you know, they're looking for it, and eventually shenanigans happens. I think a gust blows probably the spirit of Leopold, closes the cell gate on them, and they're locked in the cell where Leopold spent his last shitty hours, and the key is hung up on the wall. They're, like, trying to find it, but they also find that the uh, the treaty was in there. Uh-huh. Uh, and as they're trying to, like, reach, use the crutch to, like, reach for the keys and all this stuff is happening, we go back to everyone, like, not in the dungeon, be like, man, where are they? They sure have been gone a while. <laughs> <laughs> no one offers to check. Actually, that's around no. the time that they show the reveal that they broke out. But And here's the thing, though. We see Emily tries to get the key, but she's not able to. But they do find the scroll because she falls down, breaks open a chair somehow, a stone bench or whatever. And they find the treaty undamaged in blocked stone again. And it's a beautiful mother-daughter moment about something I... I, I it was Hallmark-related. Something about love and family and loss of the father. But then, of course, after we find out that Emily is the pro-hacker of Aldovia, Queen Helen is... It just... Queen Helena just turns out to be the master lockpicker of Aldovia, too. Yeah. Queen Helena, the master of unlocking. Yep, master of doors and locks. Just pulls a hairpin, breaks a dungeon lock from God knows what year it was built. Yeah. And they have the treaty. And in a quick moment, when things are going right, things start going horribly wrong because Amber goes into labor. Yeah. And then the doctor crashes into a snowbank. Oh, yeah, she did. I don't know about that doctor. And then Richard, instead of getting a car to drive towards the doctor... Goes on horseback in a dramatic riding montage. Yes. 
And then he, oh, he even commands the wildlife because he goes out there and the wolves that have been a running motif <laughs> since they go out in the forest, you hear them howling and shit. And he just like dramatically looks down towards the camera and goes, not today. And then they just shut, they just today. shut the fuck up and he goes on his way. He's like, all right. <laughs> he has mastery over wolves now. I feel bad for passing over the mother-daughter conversation. Do you remember what it was about? Because I really can't. No, you've you've described it as succinctly as I'm able to, which was, I don't know, (laughs) dead father shit happened. (laughs) There's no time. There's no time. Now, who's look? A... We have to we have to explain this fall and resolution as long as they did it in the film, which was fifteen minutes. Let's go. <laughs> I gotta ask, what was what was what was Mister Little's like end game here? Like he wanted to cause conflict in the cur- the repeat of the curse because uh, he was related to the people who had who had failed to sign the treaty in a prompt time the last time, and thus no, I will. It's so. <sighs> it turns out. Um, Mr. Little. So yeah, this is where it's gonna Mr. Get weird, Big. Mr. Little is actually a descendant of Prince Claude, the original prince that signed the treaty for Aldovia and Panglia, who was then poisoned, well, allegedly poisoned by Prince June. Except it was proven by Panglia that it was actually like uh, Panglian dissidents within the court that did it, and the rightful killer was slain but the family didn't believe them and so they they vowed vengeance and how we find this out is in this little red book of aldovia that amber has she finds that mr little's surname is actually devon that's right prince claude devon signed the treaty for aldovia and <laughs> Mr. Little, a.k.a. Sir, the last scion of the Devon family, You've been re- stole the I gotta treaty. say, you kind of, you're kind of slipping on this one. You made up some beautiful last names before, like Duxbury and Sugar Plum Princess or whatever it was. But, like, <laughs> Devon? I am not Devin. joking here. I'm not even coming up with this. We get Simon Duxbury. We get even, even... Leopold... Richard Bevan Charlton. Yeah. We get Leopold Plumtree. Right, I was close. But, but, Devin. Devin. <laughs> Just Devin. Devin. What, how do I work with this? What do you want me to, what rousing speech do I give for the house of Devin who is going to raid the next country? Lula was at least a little fun to say. Yeah. <laughs> um, or, so like, what was his Simon end really game had here? The best name. Was he just oh, waiting for like the time to lapse and the curse to befall the firstborn child? No, he had then, no idea about the curse. Okay, so was he wanting the countries to war? Nope, he never wanted to bring any pain on Naldovia. So what was he going to do with the treaty? Epic prank, bruh. Was he just waiting for the snowstorm and then he was just going to sneak away with it and be like, <laughs> score one for the Devons. <laughs> I don't honestly know. <laughs> was he gonna like fucking post it on eBay or something like real scroll of Aldovia X Banglia treaty? What's the uh, end game for your fucking revenge plot, bro? <laughs> it seems like Panglia looks like fools for 
coming yeah, to mean, an event hosted by Aldovia, run by Aldovia, where Aldovia is supposed to be guarding the scroll. I guess what you do is you just get, like, after that, you just go on vacation when the snow clears, and you just go on, like, fucking beach trips, like, tropical trips, have, like, a lawn chair for you and one for the treaty, and you just take pictures, put it on Instagram and shit, just be, like, at the kingdom of Aldovia. (laughs) (laughs) Pranked, bro. Just, like, it seems like he was trying, like, they were trying to do a story where he was honor-bound by his family's promise of vengeance to do what he did. But still the question is, what the fuck were you doing? What did it cause? What was it going to solve? How were you getting your vengeance by just taking a scroll and putting it where it wasn't supposed to be? You can see why the Devons died a while ago. <laughs> you can see why the Devons no longer run the country so of easy, So easy to poison. <laughs> oh my gosh. Not thinkers, those. <laughs> Those Devons. Those Devons did not know what they were doing. And could, I'm, uh, let's be real, like, King Charlton sounds better than King Devon. Uh, it sounds more kingly, that's for sure. Exactly. King Charlton sounds like a leader you would stand behind. King Devon sounds like an eighth grader that named himself in detention. <laughs> I can't wait for the angry, angry, like, Discord notes we're going to get from Tucker. That's like, actually, there was a reign of Devons that was, like, six generations. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tucker, I don't <laughs> care. Their name was Devon. Like, their name was oh. David. That's like, that's like, Paul I'm sorry, like, that- I'm not trying to come after anyone here, but like, if your name is Dylan, it's kind of hard to take you <laughs> serious. Damn. Eat shit, all Dylans who listen. <laughs> We're just burning like all the bridges we can. Even- this section has been redacted. All right, cut all that, and please do not insert the part where I said my password in the last stream. <laughs> all right then. So, absolute dumb dipshit idea by Devin. Uh, we find out. We can't, we, I, once we stop calling him Mr. Little, we just start calling him Devin. Like, just every person. <laughs> what a chode. <laughs> Mr. Little, oh man, this guy, I can't believe what he's doing. Devin, fucking chode material, oh, man. Was You're so weird, just like, wow, what a chode. <laughs> <laughs> um we we uh well we signed the treaty in time uh she has her baby uh the baby i think she oh oh because we never even thought about it or bothered to ask like oh what would they name the kid what would be significant in this whole thing and then like by the end when the characters start asking it's like oh yeah i didn't think about the baby naming the baby it's probably gonna be a girl because of the beginning they wouldn't say the sex of the baby the whole time. And at the beginning, they kept saying, like, oh, we're making all these improvements for women in Aldovia. I'm like, oh, they're going to have a girl. And then, um, and yeah, and so, like, by the time, like, the baby hatches, I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just like, oh, well, she'll probably name it after her mom, right? And then, sure enough, we don't know, we none of us knew the name of her mom. And so I think it was, like, Aureli or something? Uh, Ellery. Ellery, there you go. Yeah, when she hatches uh, and from so, yeah. Christmas cocoon. Yeah, she said that, and we're all like, was that the name of the mom? And it was like, oh, just like her mother. I'm like, ah, oh, there we go. <laughs> and then fucking dad comes out. All right, where's my little son, grandson, Rudy? It's my- and we're like, oh, yeah, he has been missing from this whole movie. Well, not missed, I should say. <laughs> just missing. But he's been just gone. Not missed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, no, to get rid of the dad, they have him snowed in in New York. Yeah, which, I don't know, it kind of worked with the whole thing of, like, yeah, they're snowed in, he's snowed out. Makes sense. Um, but we just didn't want to bring keep back the, cool the chef, people, I guess. Keep the bad people out. Like, yeah, there you go. Nah, she went on to do better things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real things. <laughs> that would have been, that would have been fucking weird if they showed she worked at the pizza place now. <laughs> that would have been fucking bizarre. I would have not been okay with that if it <laughs> turns out she goes back to New York to work at Rudy's Diner. <laughs> Is it a diner? Like there I've was been that calling sweet little pizza thing. place this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I've been living a lie. What else yes, have I said have. wrong in this in this podcast? Don't answer that. We're moving on. So. Oh, and in case you guys are wondering, does Amber shoot a bow and arrow for a third time <laughs> to complete the trilogy? Yes, she does. And we actually then found out while doing this that the actress that plays Amber was a former Power Ranger. Yeah, I only kept up with the original Power Rangers and I didn't see any of the ones after that. But my mind was exploding as people were talking about, yeah, she was a Power Rangers and the fucking revolutions per minute fucking Power Rangers or whatever. <laughs> and then they were like, yeah, it's a post-apocalypse where like all evil has won in these Power Rangers the last bash. And I'm like, this is the most metal shit I've ever heard of. Why have I not seen this Power Rangers? <laughs> we're over here just thinking to ourselves like, guys, are we going to take the plunge? It's just like, we might have to take the plunge. The only person who had seen it was talking about how bad it was. And I'm like, this sounds amazing, though. <laughs> sounds awesome as hell. <laughs> So now we know why Amber is really good with a bow and arrow. Turns out Amber was a former Power Ranger who was just sent back in time to at least live in a time with humanity wasn't just dying out. Or there's this... this that is my headcanon. No, no one can take that away from no, me. No, this is this whole Aldovian thing is a simulation. They got to her and they put her to sleep and they're just trying to keep her out of the way from saving the other Rangers. This is just an episode arc. <laughs> this whole movie oh trilogy gosh. is a one episode arc. And she's trying oh to get back gosh. to save the rangers, but she's lost and confused and thinks she's having an Aldovian child. <laughs> Remember when you shoot, when you feel the bow and arrow in your hands, Amber. Remember what it feels like. <laughs> Remember your friends. It's morphing time, Amber. <laughs> oh my god. Like it, like the Power Rangers ripped through the simulation and pulled her out. Like I've been crazy. <laughs> I'd have lost it. Would have been so. I'd have been so confused, but that would have been a fucking baller ending. Rad as hell. Uh, we do need to close up with Simon does show that he once again has his country's best intentions at hand, really at all time. We should stop. Uh, suspecting Simon when it comes to the safety and prosperity of Aldovia. He loves his country. He cares about his country. Almost as much as he loves Ms. Buzzfeed. <laughs> Whatever her up. name was her again. Her name is Melissa. That's the one. <laughs> he gets on one knee and he proposes to her. Kind of stealing the thunder from the baby. <laughs> <laughs> and what does the king do when uh, Simon has proven himself again makes him a duke he does make him a duke which is a higher rank hey! from the count good job simon simon duke simon duxbury uh, nothing has ever sound better it's like oh duke and duchess simon and melissa duxbury of aldovia yes, duke's, 
The Duke's Dear Melissa. So, Kaz? That's me! So, did you like it? Uh, nah, nah, not really. <laughs> I kind of really don't even have that much to say, it's like, unlike last time, because it's the same things where, yeah, we had fun time, like, talking about it and dunking on it, and this was the most batshit wild one to have the weirdest things happen. But it's a movie I'll never think about put on. Like, I might reference it uh, from the dumb jokes that we've made. But, like, I'll never think about this movie again. And the only time I might possibly see it is if, once again, for Christmas, we're just, like, opening presents and shit. And then uh, someone puts it on in the background. I might just, like, see Simon on the screen. Like, lift up, like, my closed fist in, like, solidarity for Simon, and then just go back to opening presents. I can also see Simon being that one guy that dresses up in his Halloween as Captain Aldovia, like his own Captain America knockoff costume. I would see that. (laughs) I would, too. So, Squarin'. Yes. Did you like it? You had to tell me to stop looking up Power Rangers facts while watching the movie. So, no. No, I wasn't really that invested. Though I was really looking forward to our dive into Power Rangers RPM! Let's fucking go! (laughs) No, it's just boring. Like, I'm sorry. Like, Hallmark movies aren't just, just not for me. And, like, I'm glad we gave these a shot. It was a funny joke for Halloween and everything to watch these Christmas movies. And again, like, I've had a lot of fun talking about them with you and the people that have come and joined us in the movies. But God, this movie is so boring. It's just, like, all of it's boring. And all of it could be resolved so easily. It's, like, it's three films that are an hour and a half each that all feel like two hours because it's just, yeah, yeah, you know, they're not for me. I don't need this kind of film. And, like, if you like Hallmark films... These are for you. For me, nah, keep them away. Keep them away. Yeah, keep them away or else it's going to be another situation where I just fall in love with the rapscallion of the film and just think to myself, he's the true hero. Looks like next year we'll be doing the whole God's Not Dead series. (laughs) (laughs) Don't, don't put that energy out there. Ready or anus, Christians, we're coming for you. Oh, that one's man. only getting cut. Uh, Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not allowed to talk about buttholes on this podcast. <laughs> so what do you have going on in your life? Oh, <laughs> because I'm kind of nervous to ask this now. Just... No. Uh, <laughs> we're doing some spooky... Doing some spooky shit for October. Uh, we finished a few games, so we're going into some other new stuff. Me and Bubs are finishing the Cory on Monday. I'm gonna do be doing Fear for the last half of the month. We're doing some Observation Duty and some Sweet Home Umbrella Chronicles for Resident Evil fans. Uh, and then Nana has some more Aliens Isolation stuff. Uh, beyond that, there might be a couple surprises here and there. Uh, and I am joined by. The I already used reanimated corpse, the blood sucking vampire himself, Sir Squarin. <laughs> you can catch him on twitch.tv forward slash Sir Squarin. That's Sir S Q U A R I N, where he's doing 
doing spooks. Playing Dead Space. I finished I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream. And I have a lot of soul searching to do after that. And then uh, I'm going to be playing Left 4 Dead 2 with you boys. That'll be fun. Some D&D horror shenanigans. I'm just doing stupid stuff. And this podcast comes out every week edited by our good friend Tucker. You can follow him uh, on Twitter at TuckerWins or on twitch.tv forward slash Tucker underscore wins. He's recently come back to streaming, so we'll hopefully see more of him as he <clears throat> tries to make time whenever he can. But, you know, check him out. He does a lot of great work. He puts a lot of work into this, so you can find it on Amazon Music, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, really anywhere you can find your podcasts, you'll be able to find this one. And if you like what you heard, if you enjoyed these episodes, please feel free to share them with anyone you think might like them. Uh, I know there's a lot of film podcasts out there, but we're just trying to have fun. And if you want to have fun with us, that's just totally cool with us. Uh, what are we doing next week? Are we just going to leave that a surprise <laughs> until we actually figure <laughs> sure, out what we we're could. doing next week? Either way, it's going to be something spooky and not Christmas, no matter what. Not Christmas. So the outro yeah, can so be something not, spooky not and not Christmas this like this time. No Christmas. Yeah, it'll be a spooky film. It'll we'll, we'll end uh the we'll end Halloween just right. Don't worry, but I I I at least had fun doing these. Yeah. I I thought this would be like a weird boring slog and we would sit through it and it kind of was. But, you know, watching them together, hey, it's just a dumb fun time. Definitely enjoyed it more than March. Yeah. <laughs> I really did. I really did. We cut into the world in the future. It is a post-apocalyptic wasteland. The rangers are dead, and the yellow ranger is the last one alive and still captured. Amber, in her state in Aldovia, fully believing who she is now, sees a light that rips open. And seeing a familiar face realizes the true face of Simon Duxbury is looking at her from the future. Our new red ranger. I got nothing. <laughs> yeah.